So where have all the flowers gone? And how do we understand that sentence? It's Memorial Day. Well, tomorrow is Memorial Day. When I was a child, my family would pile into Dad's car on Memorial Day and drive to the cemetery. The car would be packed with hand spades, watering cans, and enough geraniums to fill a small greenhouse. We would pack a cooler with food and drink and bring a big picnic basket. You see, for us, Memorial Day was the time that we and all the other Italians in Quincy, Massachusetts, would spruce up our family graves. We would dig, and we would plant, and we would talk, and we would laugh, and we would cry, and then we would eat. And this is the place where I learned all the family secrets. I learned at one of the Italian aunties that my grandfather and grandmother had come into this country as an illegal. And I learned a whole bunch of gossip. My sister and I had a vague understanding of honoring the servicemen, and they were all men, who had died in war. Dad would take us to the hill where the soldiers were buried, where all the small flags waved in the breeze, and he would explain the meaning of the day. As he did, he would proclaim his love for the United States, as so many immigrants of that time did. He would tell us that the United States was the best country in the world. He told us that probably almost every day. My country, right or wrong. And then came Vietnam. There were arguments with my father. My country, right or wrong, versus my country is wrong. Dad couldn't believe that his beloved country could be wrong. But then the young men that Dad knew through drum and bugle corps activities began to come home in boxes or injured or changed forever. And this changed my father's mind. This was the war that viewed our government with suspicion and contempt. Since the founding and occupation of these United States of America, this country has had only 20 years when we were not in combat. Since 1776, this country has been at war for 222 out of 339 years. Take a moment, let that sink in. We have had peace for fewer than 20 years. Take a moment. And so often during these war times, our government has hidden the tragedy of war. Not very long ago, the flag-draped caskets holding the lost potential, hopes, and dreams were snuck back into the country under the dead of night, so that we, the people, might not feel the anguish, the pain, the anger of more lost children. I believe that we, as individuals and as a country, 
are struggling with moral injury. Never-ending war, young people killed in vain, so many returned damaged. And then, of course, on top of the moral injury of war, we have a current administration that is morally corrupt. How does your gut feel right now? How does your head feel? How does your heart feel? I'm guessing that some of you are stricken. So let's examine this relatively new concept of moral injury. It has been said that first there must be a portrayal of what is morally correct. Second, someone who is in a legitimate position of authority must do that betrayal of what is morally correct. And third, the betrayal must occur in a high stakes situation. What could be more high stakes than sending our young to war? Paul Tillich's analysis finds that when the government violates the communal spirit, we as individuals feel responsible. We feel responsible for our government's action, and as a community, we share what Tillich calls communal guilt. I call this moral injury. There is much written about this concept. Mostly it is in relationship to soldiers who have been at war. C. Hansen wrote that moral injury is a complex wound of the soul affecting many veterans returning from combat. One dimension of the moral injury is the shattering of faith in which service members invest their all into a cause in hope of ultimate fulfillment only to be morally disappointed by the gruesome reality of warfare. A complex wound of the soul affecting many. It's a shattering of faith which we invest. Moral injury belongs to us too. These are according to an article written by Maggie Puniswaska in the Atlantic magazine. Ethical transgressions of war can leave service members traumatized. Ethical transgressions of everything that we hold dear and believe in can leave us traumatized. Sometimes the soldiers will act in ways that go against their moral compass, against what they know to be right versus wrong. This happens for many reasons. For being in an untenable situation, out of fear, exhaustion, and other reasons, I'm sure, horrible and unimaginable. In 2018, a total of 321 active duty members took their own lives. How many more veterans returned to our country and then died by suicide? 
222 years of war. What does that say about the moral compass of our country and our leaders since the beginning of the country? So many dead, so many injured, so many who suffer from mental health issues. In the words of Pete Seeger, where have all the young men, and I would add women, gone? Gone for soldiers, everyone. When will they and when will we ever learn? What about those of us who have never fought in a war? What about everyday people? Well, anyone who works with marginalized, at-risk populations has probably seen that empty stare that can be moral injury. People in poverty, people struggling with addiction, people whose daily lives and their choices erode their feeling of being a good and decent person worthy of respect. People who carry unprocessed grief and guilt in ordinary life. People with stressful life and death type situations, jobs such as police officers, doctors, nurses. Because of the things we do, witness, are ordered to do or fail to do in high-stakes situations, we can lose our moral foundations and our sense of being a good person. And I believe that none of us need to live those descriptions I just read. I think that having a moral injury can happen just by watching the news, where every day you're bombarded by things that go against morality. You don't know what to do. You don't know how much more you can do. And it's another death by paper cut. Have you looked into the eyes of the young ones who use our shelter? Have you looked into the eyes of the many homeless people in Harvard Square? Have you seen your neighbors who live in poverty, who are not sure if they have enough food to feed their children, and who will often go without? Broken spirits, shredded souls. It is soul anguish. What does moral injury look like for first parish folks? How many of you recognize in yourself a broken spirit or a shredded soul? What do we do with this? Might it help to remember those young people who died in service during the last 222 years? Might we benefit from grief groups that focus on the losses of war, whether we have a personal loss or not? Might we take some kind of action against the never-ending wars that continue today? And as the call to worship reminded us, might we love our enemies? Might we plan a morning ritual for the children of war, including the children in Iraq 
270,000 children who died, and including the children who die because this country does not provide their basic needs. All of these are, in my opinion, good ideas. I mean, I came up with them, right? <laughs> but I don't believe they are the answers to moral injury. I believe that to address moral injury is to address corruption in our national government, corruption in our communities, corruption in our own hearts and souls. To clean our hearts out, it's time for a cleanse. And it's time to dig deep into our well of faith and strength and community to cleanse our souls. And then you will know what to do. And then you will know what actions you need to take. And then you will know how to protect your heart and your soul from moral injury. But it will take work. It will take spiritual work. It will take time in this community to sit quietly and worship. It will take each one of you to step back from the hate in your hearts. My friends, I have no answers today. I try to always have hope in my sermons. Today, the small bit of hope that I will share with you is you. Each one of you is my hope. I hope as you look around this sanctuary, you will find hope in each other. Please do that. Look around. I have hope in you. I wish for you that you have hope in each other. Now it is still Memorial Day weekend, so I will ask you to take some time today or tomorrow to remember and hold close all who have given the ultimate sacrifice and all who love them, and then to work for war no more. Amen.